has been a long time. It's not even dialing. There it is. Hello? Who's that? It's a voice from your past. Hello? <laughs> that, that does sound familiar. Why you, Jermaine, is it just me, or is that a voice that you might have used to hear on a podcast one time? Uh, I think I skipped over all those podcasts. Uh, how are you, Steve? Welcome, Welcome Steve. How are you? I'm good. And yourselves? You, Pretty good. You know the amount of people... How many times did you get asked about Steve at Supernova, Dan? Oh, none. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it would have been at least five or six. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Duncan said so, I was missed. I thought, oh, yeah, thanks. I just thought it was a nice couple of... <laughs> well, people were asking. That was nice. So at least five <laughs> people like you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good on them. Five hundred years ago, he washed ashore the sole survivor of a shipwreck. And upon the skull of the man who killed his dad, he said, I'm mad, I must eradicate piracy, injustice and cruelty. And all my sons will follow me, so evil doers will believe that this man cannot die. The Phantom, the ghost who walks. The Enemies beware, the Phantom's always there. But you won't find the phantom He finds you For those who have come in late, you're listening to X-Band, the Phantom Podcast. My name is Jermaine, (laughs) and tonight I'm joined by Stephen. Yes, he's not a figment of your imagination. How are you, sir? I'm very well, thanks, Jermaine. Yourself? Very good. And Dan... Mate, oh, I'm a bit exhausted. <laughs> it's, it's late at night, which is good. Um, and you know, but I am. It's, it's, it's Friday at the end of a long week, but I'm actually I'm inspirited by Steve's presence. It's actually uh, <laughs> starting to get me up and about. You've got the three amigos <laughs> the, back. The ghost of podcast past. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh well, what we'll do is we'll quickly introduce our um, our guest. I'm, I'm looking forward to tonight, guys. He's yes. got 18 Phantom Man stories behind him. He's got the uh, six-issue miniseries uh, from Herms Pressed, 53 Phantom Man covers, two free covers, and a free folio, which was with Catman. No, I've mistyped that. That was Panther, sorry. Panther, sorry. Never mind. It was, it was a feline, so you got it half right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, 50% is a past in some, in some tests. Yeah. Um, well, I got it right at a, the end, so. <laughs> he's a five-time best Phantom Man cover of the year in 2007, 8, 10, 12, and 13, and a five-time best Phantom Met cover of the year, which is in 2007, 10, 13, 14, and 16. And he also did another character called Black Panther, I think it was. Uh, um, don't know what that's all about, but um, I'm sure he would tell us about that. So, welcome, Sal. You know he's, you know he's not actually here. Yeah, I know. So then what we'll do is when we get him <laughs> in, we'll just patch him in for that. Okay. Like, was what we discussed, was it? <laughs> welcome, Sal Valuto. How are you, sir? Very well. Nice to see you guys. Uh, I'm coming from my skull cave here in uh, in Bangala. Actually, it's uh, a little bit uh, closer. Uh, I'm in Utah, USA. 
Awesome. And, uh, so you can probably, the, the, the fans can, will probably not be able to see it, but uh, you guys can see me in my studio. This is where the Phantom has seen many, many adventures. And uh, I'm surrounded by uh, a lot of, uh, you know, Phantom uh, um, paraphernalia. And uh, behind me, I even have uh, the the corpses uh, of uh, my ancestors, uh, <laughs> generations of Sarveluto, uh, right behind me, and I'm the 21st. So here we are. <laughs> awesome. So um, to start off with, um, could you tell us a bit about yourself, um, your age or your rough age, if you don't want to give us an exact, um, where you were raised, uh, your background in comics. Uh, did you read comics as a, as a, um, as a younger person? Uh, did you read The Phantom? And then maybe tell us a bit about moving to Australia as well. I mean, to the USA, sorry. Yeah. Right now I'm in Australia, at least in Spain. <laughs> um, 63, uh, born and raised in, uh, Italy. Um, Moved uh, to the United States uh, um, about 33 years ago, or a little bit more than that, um, roughly. Um, so I lived my life, uh, half of my life in the old country, and uh, half of here, and half here, and uh, uh, I consider, you know. Uh, both nations, my home, um, and uh, yeah, I'm. Uh, I moved here to um, to Utah. Um, I have family here. I'm uh, married. I have uh, four children, and uh, pretty soon uh, a grandchild. Oh, wonderful! So, oh, wow! Congratulations! A grandpa, and uh, here we are. Do you, do you get so, back to Italy much, oh, Sal? Um, every night in my dreams. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> I'm kind of overdue. Um, we used to go more often in the past when uh, the family was smaller. Um, but, uh, yeah, I always say that I'm going to go um, – soon so hopefully i will um i have some plans of perhaps attending the uh luca comics uh and games which uh is the traditional um uh, comic con there for years um so yeah um hopefully i'll be back soon so we've started the the conversation off uh not quite right jermaine We, we should have gone Buongiorno, signor uh, Voluto. Uh, come sta? Bene, grazie. Buongiorno to you, too. <laughs> That's about my well little bit of Italian. I've got un po'. I know a little bit of Italian, but that's about it. Nice. I said to it back in high school, but it's been a while. Even the accent is perfect. Oh, oh really? No, you, should oh, hear grazie. Him. you should hear him when he orders food at the restaurant. <laughs> He's a specialist. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
So can we ask uh, why you moved to the USA? Was it uh, was it for your career or was there other reasons? Uh, no, it wasn't for my career. Um, it, it was kind of uh, serendipitous. I I came over and uh, um, I visited, and then uh, um, I happened to meet my wife, the, the lady that uh, would become my wife, and uh, that was the reason for me to stay. Um, <clears throat> and uh, it's usually a good one. Because of that, I was able also to um, to to work here and. Uh, um, I started working in uh, doing Saturday morning cartoons in animation. Uh, oh, okay. And uh, anything that we might have seen? Um, you guys a little bit, uh, yeah, probably. Um, I started with um, uh, Spider-Man and his amazing friends, The Incredible Hulk. Um, um. Some episodes of Transformers. Um, I don't know if you guys in Australia had some. Did you guys uh, have like Mr. T, the cartoons? Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Mr. T, in the eight, yeah. Oh, Mr. T, yeah. Yeah. He'd, go around, he'd, he'd drive around that van with a bunch of kids. There you go. And even the, the dog had a mohawk. <laughs> uh, he had a bulldog with a mohawk. Um and we did all sorts of stuff. Did you guys have Punky Brewster uh, yes. in Australia? Um, I can't say I watched it much, but I'm certainly aware that it was there. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually one of the nicknames of my team that I follow here at our, in our football over here in Australia. Um, that's his nickname because of his surname is Bruce. So the gone oh, Brewster and has gone punk. So his name's Punky Brewster now. There you go. So, um, I was part of this studio. Um, we were doing like, um, um, storyboards and, uh, layouts for all these, uh, uh cartoons. And that's, that's all the, you know, the preparatory, um, stages of of a cartoon we didn't do the actual animation you know it was done and probably still is done in korea mm. uh they're much faster there than us um and uh so at the same time i was uh you know pursuing my my dream of uh, of doing comic books and uh, i started uh, applying um sending samples to um, different companies. Um, Marvel Comics at the time had published also um, an oversized book called the Official Marvel Tryout Book, Mm -hmm. which uh, included uh, uh, pages that uh, um, actual, you know, artboard pages on which you could uh, pencil uh, or uh, there were some pages that had been already um, uh, drawn in blue line that you could ink. Um, and so gave you the, the opportunity of, uh, uh, you know, trying, trying out uh, on, uh, on a story. Uh, it was a Spider-Man story. Um, so I sent those uh, pages to, to Marvel and uh, I started getting some response. 
um, not all responses were uh, were positive, but were <laughs> encouraging. And uh, eventually, they led to um, the first my first assignment with Marvel Comics, which uh, was in 1986, 85-86. Um, I started with a comic book called Power Pack, which uh, is like uh, four kids with superpowers. And um, that eventually led to um, my first ongoing series, which was Moon Knight um, for Marvel Comics. And... uh, the rest is history, and then you know I, I had the chance to work uh, uh, with DC Comics, with other you know independent publishers, um, and that basically you know paved the way for me at some point in my career to meet the Phantom. Um, hmm. Well, and that's that's obviously something that we're that's very a, yeah. interested to explore. So, what was your first Phantom work that you, that, that you recall? Your first exposure to the character? I suppose those are almost two different questions, aren't they? Were you aware of the Phantom, and, and had you read the Phantom before um, you began to work on him, or, or was did you learn as you went, so to speak? <clears throat> no, I read uh, I, I read Uomo Mascherato when I was in Italy. <laughs> And, uh, yes, I was very well uh, aware uh, of the comic book, um, you know, as a child. Those were the, it was basically the golden age of, of uh, uh, Fratelli Spada publication mm. in, uh, in Italy with, uh, you know, the, um, the, the Phantom, uh, Mandrake, uh, you know, we, we had all sorts of classics. And, um, yes, I was aware. I didn't uh, uh, read it on a regular basis, but um, um, I was uh, fascinated by, by the artwork. And, uh, of course, most of the artwork uh, was produced locally in Italy. Um, and, um, so, um, later on I got to, to meet, uh, one of the artists, which is Angelo Todaro, um, which, uh, is from my same hometown. And, uh, so I was, uh, exposed to, to the Phantom also from the standpoint of, uh, uh, a creator, uh, an artist. Um, and, uh, yeah, so uh, Phantom, uh, you know, what was part of my, my youth. Um, I was not a big fan to the point of, you know, knowing all the ins and out of the, of the character, but, uh, you know, marginally, uh, I know, I knew who he was and, uh, you know, the, 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 the world of, of the Phantom and, and so on. And, and mm. so how did you come so to then how, work on it? Yeah. Okay. Which question? 
Oh, how, how did you come to oh, the... the it was going to be the same. Yeah, same question. <laughs> the one. So, yeah, what was your first fandom story and how did you come to be working for them? Okay. Um, we have to go back to um, like 2006. Um, I was um, um, I was in touch with... Uh, um, uh, Joseph Rubinstein, um, famous anchor, you know, uh, worked for Marvel. Um, we had done some work together, and uh, through him, I I, I learned that uh, um, Paul Ryan had uh, uh, left um, Egmont to uh, to draw the the Phantom um, strip. And uh, Egmont was looking for uh, more artists um, to add to their team. And uh, um, so um, I contacted, uh, you know, uh, Joe gave me the the contact um, email of Alf Gramberg. Um, and I contacted Alf and... Uh, um, he, I sent him some samples of the stuff that I had been doing uh, previously and asked him if he was interested in uh, me doing some uh, uh, tryout uh, pages and uh, he said he was and uh, um, however he explained that you know the, the <clears throat> they usually d- don't uh, didn't have like uh, an art team of penciler and inker, you know, like uh, we do in the United States, um, and that would have been, uh, you know, something that I would have to do all by myself, penciling and inking, which you know wasn't a problem. Um, and from the standpoint also of uh, the uh, how much it paid. Um, like the page rate, um, it, they couldn't, you know, support uh, a penciler and inker at the same time. So um, I felt bad that I couldn't take, uh, you know, uh, Joe Rubenstein on board with me, and I had to, you know, uh, embark in this adventure all by myself. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I did some sample um, covers um, for Alf and um, um, Alf not only liked them as um, you know samples but uh, he decided to use them as actual covers um, one was the the phantom sitting on a throne with uh, Duran and the devil on his side Yep. And uh, the other one was an iconic fa- uh, image of the Phantom on uh, Hero um, with the skull cave in the background and, uh, you know, a volcano erupting in the back. Um, so, so those those covers, Just I'll just interrupt, just for those who are wanting to know, the one with Phantom on the Hero was Phantom Man 
number eight in 2007. And the one with the Phantom on the Skull Throne is Phantom Man 1011 of 2007. And the one thing that uh, fans would be very pleased is that you got the um, the Chain of Patience in that pitch in that um, cover as well. Yes, yes, and uh, uh, those were sample pages. They oh, became wow. cover, and uh, and and uh, you know. Uh, voted best cover of that year, uh, 2007, um, and kind of, uh, you know, it, uh, it, it was a good, uh, good vibe. Um, you have to understand that when, uh, when I approached this, uh, um, the idea of, of doing the Phantom, I did it with a lot of um, um, uh, hesitation and uh, a little bit of, of fear, you know, um, because I I understood the the magnitude of the of the character, you know, in the history of comics. I I was very well aware of of that, and. Uh, I was also aware that, you know, in, in Sweden first and later, you know, I learned about the Australian market. You know, the Phantom uh, was uh, and is, you know, the, revered as uh, perhaps the the biggest icon of comics. And so I had to uh, satisfy not just uh, the history of the character, but the history of the of the fans that had followed um, the Phantom for generations, just like you know the character, you know, goes yeah. for generations. So the the fans do, and so that first approach was a little bit uh, um, um, timid for me. Um, but, uh, it paid off it, and, uh, it, it became, you know, uh, very satisfactory. You also have to understand that, um, um, Gramberg was, uh, very, very helpful at the very first, uh, and throughout our collaboration, um, as far as introducing me to the character um, and explaining, you know, uh, the situation from the editorial standpoint and uh, from, uh, you know, many angles. Um, we had a few conversation on the phone, um, which, uh, you know, made me much more comfortable working um, on the Phantom, and then mm-hmm. uh, the reaction of the fans um, was uh, initially not a hundred percent, but uh, mostly positive. And uh, yeah. Ulf also uh, was instrumental in uh, introducing me to uh, Jim Shepard, um, who. Uh, you know, I was in contact with at the time and uh, was also, you know, um, like uh, 
a mentor figure for me. Um, and, uh, you know, we corresponded a little bit. And uh, he, he, um, he, he was pretty satisfied with, uh, you know, the artwork um, that I was producing at the time. Were you ever close to doing a cover for Fru at that stage? Well, Jim was doing the covers by utilizing the interior part. Yes. <laughs> so, but yeah. he never he never approached you to say, "Hey, could you uh, <laughs> whip one up for us?" Uh, no, no, that that wasn't. You guys know better than me that you know that wasn't the policy at the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, the only, probably the only guy who was doing covers was uh, Antonio Lemos mm. uh, yeah. for him, and I was in contact with Antonio. So and we were, became good friends, and uh, you know we, we talked about doing a cover together for oh, yeah. or, uh, for Jim, but that never, you know, never came to be. Or, or has it Is yet? That- we should say. Is that the cover with the phantom with his arms crossed outside the skull throne? Um, yeah, that was uh, that was an experiment that we were doing with Antonio. Um, yeah, and uh, I don't, if I remember well, they they didn't uh, they didn't accept it, and uh, then I had. Uh, uh, Eugenio Matozzi um, do the coloring and uh, became a cover for the the Scandinavian uh, publications. Mm. Okay. And that's Phantom Men 20 in 2010. So just want to talk a little bit about some of your Egmont work. And I think what we'll do is we'll focus on like Egmont work, then we'll go to Herms and we'll go to Fru and kind of go from there. Yeah. Um, do you have some specific covers um, that you like the most out of your uh, Phantom Men covers? Um, you can prob- those who can see the the video can see one of my favorite co- covers, which I have on a T-shirt right here. Ah, uh, yes. So that one is. This is the cover. Oh, uh, Phantom on uh, with uh, <clears throat> Notre Dame um, number nine twenty oh eight. There you go. So he's got his guns uh, out of the hoisters in his arms, yeah. and there's like the stained yeah. glass in the background. Yes, and but also it's like the rose window uh, uh, cover of the year. And so they produced the T-shirts, and that was the only time that I got a T-shirt out of winning <laughs> cover of the year. <laughs> I well, should have at least five of them. <laughs> I, I won it five five times uh, on each, uh, you know, for Sweden and Norway, mm. and I got mm. a T-shirt out of that. <laughs> well, you, you've clearly looked after it. It's in, it's in great condition. <laughs> so I'll, I'll tell you some of my favourite covers, uh, and then if you have any conversations or uh, bits that you want to tell us about, I like your Julie Walker ones. 
I always liked your Julie Walker because I found like she actually looked like someone, but she wasn't overly sexualized like some other artists. She was athletic, athletically built, and she looked like what a female phantom would actually look like. So you did a couple of Julie work, uh, Julie Walker covers. I liked the one on the Skull Throne, mm-hmm. um, and then I also liked the tribute um, ones that you did. Where were they? Um, so that's the one in 2016 where you've kind of copied the uh, like a, an original cover, and mm-hmm. then you've put your modern twist to it. So I think from memory you did two of them. I'm just trying to find them now. So you did one in 2011. I found the wiki page. Oh, no, you did three, sorry. Yeah. You did the uh, 16, 17, and 2011, which is the phantom punching, and then in the background you've got the first Sweden uh, one. Then you've got the next one, which was in 20, 2011. Um, which is the Phantom with Diana, and then you've got the other one, which is I can't find it now. Um, in 2016, which is I think it's a representation of a Jamie Valve cover as well. Jamie Valve, yeah, yeah. I think there's another one that was not utilized um, <clears throat> at the time. Um, at the time, Ulf um, was really receptive as far as cover ideas, and uh, <clears throat> they they became like inventory um, mm. images to be used, you know, whenever. And uh, <clears throat> the one uh, reprising the first issue of uh, Phantomen. Um, was u- was used for the anniversary, um, and uh, then uh, the 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 one with Diana. I think that was Phantom number two. Um, was used right after that, and then there's probably another one. I have to check with my in my files <clears throat> that was not published. Um, I'm pretty sure there is, um, and uh, I probably I probably sold the other image that was not published uh, to Fru, uh, and that is one of the still unpublished um, cover images. We didn't see that on the back of the 80th anniversary special did we I I don't have that issue so I don't know yeah. there you go Dan put your headphones down see if you can go find it <laughs> we'll keep talking talking about favorite favorite covers um, <clears throat> that the, the, the Phantom and one homage uh, cover. Um, that is one of my favorite also. Uh, but it, that's because it's, uh, you know, it's a tribute to the, mm-hmm. the whole, you know, phantom culture. 
and uh, you know to to Sweden and uh, uh, to the story uh, you know of the Phantom. Um, I did something similar for uh, um, a publication that was uh, um, done by um, um, the Scandinavian chapter. And uh, it's the one with the Swedish flag in uh, in the back. Oh yes, yep. And uh, the the Phantom is wearing um, uh, yellow trunks, making uh, him, the yellow jocks. Yes, making yes. Him the exact you know colors of the Swedish flag. Um, mm. So that was another. Uh, Tribute uh, image. Um, so that is another one of my favorite. But uh, you know, um, there's uh, there's so many, and of course, you know, when uh, when you when you represent your hero, you always want him to. To look dominant and uh, to look, uh, you know, iconic. And there's nothing, there's no hero in the history of comics that embodies those qualities more than anything. But he was prototyped for, uh, you know, all the other superheroes. So more than anyone, he has to look like, uh, you know, the, the, the prototype for a superhero. Um, yeah. In, in all, all these images. So, um, one, uh, one other interesting cover, um, um, that I like, um, is the one that I, that, um, came out in Australia. Um, the double fisted? The dou- the- uh, yeah, double fisted. Um, in that cover, um, was born uh, as a commission piece, um, which uh, I did. Can't remember now the name. I apologize for that. Was it Ty Browning? Um, not sure. But anyway, it was uh, it was a fan that commissioned me that piece, and uh, it came out pretty good. <clears throat> and so. Um, I, you know, retained the, the, the rights to the image myself as the creator and, you know, um, and I presented that to, um, to Glenn, uh, which, uh, liked it. And, um, it was used, uh, for the, the, that, uh, special. And uh, I su- special, wasn't it? Hmm. Yeah, I su- suggested to to Glenn to have it in two different versions, um, with like the other one with the brown costume for the New Zealand uh, market. But hmm. uh, yeah, yeah, and um, that was a, a very special issue because it was not only um, the, our Christmas special in 2016, but I reckon this was the first time we had seen in Australia the 
page special published in all colour. So uh-huh. it was a, um, it was a particularly attractive issue to pick up. And, you know, I think a lot of people would have seen that cover on the newsstands, picked it up yeah. and flicked it open and gone, wow, this is, you know, mm. you could tell it was a new era of, um, of Phantom when you pick up a, a, a publication like that one. Yes. Yes. Mm. So do you have any particular stories that, um, that stand out that you've done for, just before we move on to the stories, I just wanted to ask about your covers, Sal. Um, heaps of, heaps of fantastic images and, um, a really wide range of settings and that sort of thing that you've put them in. Um, I'm curious as to know your inspiration for the, sto- for the, for the covers. If you just, you know, a lot of the times in Australia, through artists, Cruise artists will receive the story and be able to flick through it and, and be inspired by something in, that's in the story. Whereas you're creating all of these standalone images. Where does the, where do those ideas come from if not inspired by the story that they're on the front of? Um, most of them were inspired by the stories. Uh, I, I told you about um, um, the first two covers that were samples. They were tryout samples. Um, there were some others that I did at the beginning that were kind of uh, generic, um, like uh, Phantomen in 2009, 19 and 20. There's a double image of the Phantom uh, uh, with the fist in the foreground, uh, with the skull ring and the good mark ring. Another mm-hmm. one was done with the... Uh, my interpretation of uh, uh, the phantom flag uh, was the, the the phantom with his arm folded. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, phantom in 21, 2009. And uh, um, it has the a flag in the background that looks like a pirate flag, but it's not. It has the skull, the symptom of, uh, the, the symbol of the phantom, and also the good mark, which is actually the swords um, crossed um, uh, in, a, in a cross, hmm. which, uh, you know, uh, I understand that was uh, what the, the, the good mark um, was supposed to represent. Hmm. Yes. So well, I think that remains one of the better representations of the good mark as swords. I think um, for people mm-hmm. who are tr- struggling to understand how the good mark could could have come about from swords, that's a that's a uh, the perfect image to show them, isn't it? So besides that, um, there probably were a few others. There's another one that was a generic cover <coughs> with uh, the Phantom and, and Devil uh, with the black background. Uh, Phantom in 24, 2010. Mm-hmm. Um, that ended up uh, winning a best cover of the year, and that was a generic cover. Mm. But most of them, the majority of them, um, were inspired by uh, stories. Okay. And uh, some, um, even, you know, the more recent ones, um, were uh, um, special requests by um, Michael Saul, um, the the editor of Phantom. And yep. um, a case in point um, was the one the the Clint Eastwood. Um, yes. Uh, I 
let's call it parody. Um, <laughs> that's an homage, you know, to Clint Eastwood. Um, that the outlaw, the outlaw of Josie Wales movie poster, I think, is it? Yes, exactly. And um, so that was a special request by by Michael Saul, and I think it, it came out uh, pretty well. Hmm. Um, um, yeah, most of them. They're inspired by the story, and uh, um, I liked uh, the one that we did that I did for the um, Blood Rain uh, with the Phantom on the ground and uh, a, a literal uh, rain uh, made of blood, the red rain. Mm-hmm. Kind of on him, which gave me the excuse to to do the the phantom in red, like uh, <laughs> Brazilian um, version. So while we're, while we're talking about that, what color do you prefer of the phantom? Red, purple, or blue? Gray. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. So, um, I'll, I want to get on to Blood Rain. So, you got uh, Stephen. You got any other questions regarding covers or Dan? No, it's, that's no, no. Yeah. no. It's a perfect segue into Blood Rain. So, what was it like doing a, a jam story? We've seen jam covers in Australia, um, but a jam a jam story. Are you happy with? The way it turned out, uh, did, we were excited uh, by the, the concept. Extremely happy. Um, I have a great uh, respect and affection for my colleagues, for uh, the other um, phantom artists. Um, and uh, I was happy to, uh, to work with them. Now, as far as what did it feel like, I'm probably the the least qualified to give you feedback on that because I was the first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started the story, and the others had to, you know, kind of follow. Um, even though, you know, the story was strategically written uh, mm-hmm. so that uh, you know we wouldn't depend too much on on each other but uh, mine were the first few pages so uh, I didn't have to do the the, the research or you know, or wait for uh, you know other people to finish before I could start and so mine was the the easiest part but overall <laughs> I think the experiment was uh, um, a, a good one um and uh i believe the the fans liked it and uh, didn't mind he didn't mind the difference in style you know sometimes uh, that's one of the things that is more discussed you know the oh, the phantom doesn't look like the phantom mm. <laughs> um and you know people that read the story i i guess they did not uh um mind those little variations in style and we're able to um, relate to the story and the characters as if they were done by a single artist. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so in, 
Australian readers or through readers have not seen the story yet. Um, uh, we've done a, like a, I guess a preview, a, a bit of a review on one of our, uh, YouTube, on our YouTube video. Uh, so, but yeah, like you said, from what we've heard, it seemed to be accepted very well. Yes. Well, while so we're do talking you ha- about, yep. Oh, okay. just while we were talking about jam, um, uh, jobs, for want of a better word. Um, uh, can you give us a quick word on the uh, the jam page that um, Jamie Diaz is, has sent around, and you, you've contributed to that along with a number of other artists. Have yeah. you have you done that sort of thing before, or, or what would, what did you think of that experience? Well, um, in part, that was my suggestion to to Jamie to to do that kind of you know um, project. Uh, he had something similar in mind, but uh, I think, uh, you know, uh, I gave him the idea of involving um, several artists um, on the same page. Yeah. And uh, um, I think it's it's growing, it keeps growing, and uh, <laughs> it, it's looking better and better. Uh, and uh, it it was my my honor and pleasure to be uh, together with uh, all the all my colleagues, you know, um, and even to have you know uh, Billy Zane's signature, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, which uh, some people objected uh, against. Uh, I I thought it was a great idea to you know reunite all of us, mm-hmm. uh, especially in the company of Cyberi, um, you know, uh, to pay a tribute to the Phantom and also to pay a tribute to Cyberi. You know, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's undeniable that uh, you know when when I draw the Phantom I. I I have to think of Cyberi um, to to make it look right. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. It's interesting you say that. Do you think there's almost a, a pressure, uh, like a, a perceived pressure that you have to be like Cyberi, or that that that's kind of like the the mark? Um, there is a house style. Yeah. Um, and from the beginning, um, when uh, when I contacted Alf Granberg, uh, he uh, told me, and he probably told everybody, that the house style of the Phantom was Cyberry style, yeah. which uh, which I didn't uh, I didn't mind because you know um, Cyberry uh, comes from the same school of uh, uh, the artists that I admire. Um, To give you an example, um, when uh, when I first started, my first assignment uh, I did for Marvel Comics, that was my first professional uh, comic in the United States, um, was Power Pack. And uh, my inker, the inker that was assigned to me um, 
was Stan Drake. Now, Stan oh, yeah. Drake, for those who, who don't know, um, is, uh, um, is one of the inkers that became influential to other famous uh, artists, including Neil Adams. Uh, and uh, he drew uh, the, the heart of Juliet Jones. He, he, he drew uh, even uh, Blondie, uh, yeah, Blondie uh, later on, which was in a different cartoon style. But he was uh, um, an icon uh, of the, the golden era of illustration. He was a friend of Alex Raymond. And, uh, in fact, uh, you know, Alex Raymond died in a, a car um, crash uh, driving uh, Stan Drake's car. Hmm. Um, so my, my contact with, with Stan Drake at the time, uh, working with him, was a um, kind of fulfillment of of a dream it was like you know what with my idols it happened again later with uh uh with uh neil adams yeah Yeah. hey steven you awake mate (coughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) sorry i I, I knew i was drifting but i was listening (laughs) (laughs) i i am sure that uh, Stan Drake was one of the names that Cy Barry mentioned when he talked about artists that he either particularly admired or, or had also been influential on him. So um, it must that that must have been incredible. Was he was he getting towards the end of his career then, Sal? Um, no, he was still he was still uh, um, doing uh, the strip Blondie, yeah. and um, he he passed uh, a few years after, but. Uh, yeah, he, he was collaborating with Marvel Comics, mm. and uh, I had uh, the honor and pleasure to work with him. So what I'm mm. saying here is that uh, to work in Siberia's style for me was uh, was nothing that they had to force me to do. I, I did it with yeah. great pleasure, and uh, um, one of one thing that was a fulfillment of, of my dream is to, to draw a, a portrait of Cy Berry in Cy Berry style, which I, I gave to, to him for, a, for a, one of his birthday celebrations that uh, uh, they did uh, in, uh, in New York. Oh, wonderful. oh wow. And Cy Berry's always been uh, very... Very kind and uh, and generous um, with me, um, and uh, I I highly respect him, and he is my inspiration. Mm. I think he's I think he's many many artists' inspiration, especially when they're connected with the Phantom. Yes. Um, a couple of Do you have any like, particular Story types that you like drawing? Do you prefer the modern day stories or the the, uh, the historical stories? Um, not really. Um, <laughs> they are 
<clears throat> they all are a challenge. I like the challenge. Um, yeah. Especially if uh, there's uh, <clears throat> research involved. <clears throat> I like to learn about the time period yeah. where the story is set. Um, and I think that is important um, to uh, produce uh, mm-hmm. uh, images that are credible. Uh, I think that's uh, uh, important for uh, uh, the story to be believable and for the for the reader to uh, relate uh, to that. So uh, no, I don't have any any favorite, but uh, um, I'm gonna contradict myself in a second. Because I'm looking at I'm looking at uh, some of the covers um, that I've done, and uh, I just noticed the one that I did uh, um, with Johnny Hotwire. Yes. Um, ah, yes. Okay, that was that was uh, um, probably another favorite cover of mine because it was different <laughs> than any mm. cover. And um, it was uh, um, it as as iconic probably as any other because uh, you know there's all the the phantom elements uh, on yes. the back of uh, of that, that jacket um, mixed with uh, you know. American graffiti kind of uh, images. <laughs> There's a lot of uh, a lot of hints uh, hidden in that story mm. uh, from the. I remember, yeah, I remember when it came out, and um, I remember looking at it. So you've got the shadow in the background with him in costume holding the gun. Yes. Um, you've got the wrenches, which is the good mark. Um, You've got the established 1936, and yeah, I just remember. I remember, you what know, it, it coming out and just um. Oh, you got Walker on the belt. There's yeah. just yeah, like you said, there's just all those little um, uh, little tributes which were oh, yeah. I, I thought it was very glasses, clever. Uh, on the glasses stems and um, the year the Phantom was created. Um, mm. 1936 and, and so on and so forth. But the story oh, was, um, was uh, you know, uh, um, the story was Phantom on the motorcycle, but it was also Tony DePaul on the motorcycle. Yep, yep. Uh, that was, uh, you know, that was Tony. Uh, I did it for Tony. <laughs> the story starts with, uh, you know, the the motorcycle going through this big panoramic view of southern Utah, which is where I live. So, uh, motorcycle had to be done uh, very accurately. Hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, because Tony would have killed me if. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
and uh, um, I, I like to draw motorcycles. I, I like to draw cars. I, you know, and and, and so that that was uh, that was a favorite story. But uh, uh, not just for the story itself, but because what it represented. You know, for for me, for Tony, and uh, uh, for the fact of uh, you know doing something different on the cover and so forth. Mm. Some of the stories that I liked and I've noticed with some of the stories, uh, one of the ones was Patrol Patrolman Aurora. Uh-huh. Um, I've actually got a page from that story um, of of original artwork from that. And then I've noticed that some of the stories that you've drawn have strong females like Julie, uh, Julie Walker, which we discussed before. There's Sandal Singh, the Baroness, which was in your home story. And then also patrol and Aurora as well. Um, I, I, I reckon you draw a very good, strong female. Um, yeah. So is it a, more of a challenge drawing strong females or, or anything like that? Or, well, I, I try to avoid the the stereotype of the you know the the sexy um, cheap you know pinup. You know. um, yeah. So I, I I am more comfortable with uh, a, a three dimensional woman as far as uh, you know character and not uh, um, anatomical attributes. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> So, but but uh, most of the credit to that has to go um, to the writers, which yeah. inspire those images. And yeah. um, you know, in particular, uh, you know, if you want to talk about strong woman, um, the way that uh, we uh, depicted Diana um, in uh, in the miniseries. Uh, that I did for Hermes Press, um, that was, uh, you know, Peter David's idea, uh, which uh, inspired, you know, the images. Um, Mm. But, uh, you know, Diana herself probably had not been represented as a strong woman probably since the very first uh, appearance in the, in the very first story of the Phantom, yep. you know, when she she beats the 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 world boxing champion and uh, you know she's the swimmer, she's the athlete, and all of that. And yeah. in that story, of course, we were paying homage to that first story and to that first version of Diana and. Uh, uh, bringing, giving her even more uh, dimension, you know. Mm. So she, she was, uh, she was tough, mm. and yeah. she has to come across as tough and in control uh, more than any other story that I had seen before. And, and um, so, mm. was so, so, yeah. Before we get to uh, Hems, we've got one more question. Um, you've written some stories for David Bishop. Classroom Murphy, Tony DePaul, Philip Madden, and 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 also Andreas Erikson. Has has there been a, a certain writer, and also Peter David for the Hermes as well? Has there been a, a particular writer that stood out for you? Um, 
Mm, not really. Um, they were they were all about uh, you know enjoyable at the same level. Um, of course, uh, you know, with the exception of the Peter David story, all the ones that uh, were done for the um, Scandinavian market. Um, they depicted a different kind of phantom, uh, yeah. which was more, you know, the the Scandinavian, um, the Scandinavian model, and uh, <clears throat> so um, I enjoy doing those. Uh, I was uh, also a little bit um, more frustrated with those. Um, <laughs> Probably because the phantom uh, in in the Scandinavian stories kind of uh, has to get hit a hundred times, you know, in the head before he can oh. throw a punch. Uh, <laughs> I hate hitting, hitting the back of the head is my biggest bugbear of the Scandinavian stories. It always <laughs> happens, and it annoys me to tears. Yes, yes. Um, so um, I I wish that uh, you know it was more uh, heroic uh, than that, <clears throat> and of course you know it, it, it's not it's not anybody's fault <clears throat> because that is the that is the way the character has been established. <clears throat> Even the rhythm of the stories are different. Yeah. Um, and me coming from um, American superheroes, and uh, <clears throat> in particular, you know, I was coming from doing another jungle hero, which was the Black Panther, um, which uh, you know was the the Machiavellian uh, type of uh, of hero. Uh, the the person that was in control, the person that was like, uh, you know, five steps ahead of his uh, 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 of his foes, of his enemies. Uh, I probably would have wanted to see the Phantom the same way, <clears throat> that a character that you know, strong of. Uh, uh, is uh, his brain, not just his muscles, and yes. strong of a tradition of 21 uh, generations, and the experience that was gained from you know all, all these ancestors, he would have known better uh, mm. what to do uh, yeah. instead of you know looking like he's unprepared. To face these things. Oh. Yeah, it's it's very it reeks of very lazy writing in my opinion. Um, so hey, actually, about well, writing, actually, I, yeah, I was about to say the same thing there, Jim. I was just about to ask. You got these comments on on writing there. Um, so, have you ever had the 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 want or the itch to to pen your own story? Like we've some seen some <clears throat> um, artists do. Yeah, but mine was just wishful thinking. Uh, <laughs> In the sense that, you know, I think I can write a story, but uh, um, it 
it takes a lot more than just wanting to. Um, so I leave that to the people that know what to do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, I had some story ideas and uh, um, some that uh, I would like to, to see done, but uh, I would also need um, the help of a professional to okay. make him, you know, come across right. Mm. So um, that was a, a question that also one of our Patreon listeners, Callum, uh, <coughs> had as well. Another one from another Patreon listener, Sean Bassett, had was you used to do a blog, Ghost Who Draws. Uh, any chance that might come back? Um, hopefully. Because um, <laughs> I know I enjoyed reading the stories and getting yes. an insight behind the blog posts and yes. Yes. You know, having a look at the process and, and everything like that as well. Yes. Um, that that blog, um, the intention of that blog was um, for me um, to get familiar with the fans and for the fans to get familiar with me as far as the fans. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was... Uh, me discovering the the world of the phantom and and sharing my experience with the fans um it uh, um it was very useful um yeah. especially you know at, at the time and i can't remember it probably involved you uh as well uh germain in in the blog uh at the time we were doing a series of uh, articles of my first phantom like uh different fans that were relating uh their first encounter with the phantom so i remember that yeah um that was, was enjoyable yeah um, i started uh, at, at some point i started uh, uh narrating um my experience with uh, the the Phantom miniseries and graphic novel, uh, which uh, uh, is uh, hasn't been uh, completed, um, but uh, if if anything, you know, perhaps uh, I would like to to finish that narration uh, at some point. So. Mm. Awesome. Uh, guys, do you have any other um, questions regarding uh, Egmont work? Uh, no, no I, I don't know that I do. I um, <clears throat> We do enjoy seeing your stories, Sal. It's, it has been a, a little while, I suppose, since um, what was the last uh, Egmont story that you've done? Are you looking forward to doing another one, or do you have any more in the, in the pipeline for Egmont? Uh, I don't think so. Um situation at Egmont has uh, uh, changed um, drastically um, in the sense that Egmont does not produce uh, as many original stories mm. as it, as it uh, uh, used to. Um, so um, 
yeah, um, many of us, not just me, mm-hmm. uh, many of us uh, have not been doing stuff for Egmont for a while. Uh, I was uh, privileged in a way uh, to be able to uh, do covers. Um, and, uh, you know, up until like uh, last year, um, it was uh, uh, myself and uh, another artist, can't remember his name, I apologize, very beautiful. Um, Would that covered. be Henrik Salstrom? Yes. Um, we were the only ones doing covers. Mm. Um, and I think now he is the only one left. Um, so um, things have changed. Um, you, you, you've seen, you know, that how the, the market uh, in Scandinavia has uh, shrunk. Mm. Um, yeah. You know, Phantomet uh, has closed. Now they opened it again. But, uh, you know, um, it's... Uh, uh, it has become a uh, uh, very small, very small uh, uh, market for um, artists. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I hope to do uh, some more covers. I don't know if there's going to be um, opportunities as far as stories. Um, mm-hmm. um also, you know, it's important that the public um, understand that many times it's not because of, uh, you know, what an editor uh, wants to do or what an artist wants to do, but uh, many times it's a financial uh, yeah. deal, like the budget mm. has uh, been reduced greatly. So... You know, if if they can uh, uh, commission an artist uh, to do a, a story, the artist has to be willing to work on a fraction of uh, what they used to make before. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, th- those stories you have to pencil and ink. Um, and um, many times, uh, you know, that's the case. Um, for Egmont and even for Fru, uh, yeah. it's uh, it's not uh, it's not doable um, from a financial standpoint. And again, it's not nobody's fault. It's whatever you know budget you have available for that. Mm. And yeah. So you know Egmont does more reprints uh, because they cost you know less, much less. Um, and a few stories and, uh, you know, and that's the reality of things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we had to, many of us, uh, artists had to look, uh, somewhere else for work. And, uh, you know, um, that included, uh, that included me. Yeah. So, um, one of the jobs, when you said you, you uh, one of the other companies you worked for has been Hermes Press, uh, could, and that was between 2014 and 2016. Could yes. we uh, just talk a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah. Um, now, um, 
for uh, for some time before that time, um, uh, I've been in touch with uh, our common friend, everybody's good friend, uh, Pete Klaus. Yes. Uh, Pete is another uh, uh, figure, another person in in the life in my life as a professional, you know, phantom artist, as well as many, if not all, phantom artists that has had a great influence. Um, and uh, my my report with with Pete still today is very close. I consider him a, a very good friend. And uh, I, I know uh, what he does, um, the good that he does um, mm. behind the scenes in, in, in many, in many cases. So it is a person that uh, I highly respect um, and uh, uh, take into consideration. Um, for some time, uh, Pete had been telling me that... Uh, um, there was a publisher uh, that he knew of that was uh, thinking of uh, uh, doing uh, um, a, a phantom um, story, a graphic novel, a miniseries, um, and that he had uh, 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 dropped my name to this publisher. Um, oh, oh. And uh, at the time, I... You know, I, I was working for Egmont, and uh, um, I said, I told, you know, uh, to Pete that I'm sure I, I would have been uh, interested in, in talking to um, this person. No name was made, you know, but Pete was uh, just very, you know, uh, generic at the time. And so uh, eventually um, um, I received... Uh, a phone call um, from uh, Dan Herman, um, and uh, uh, he introduced himself as the person that Pete was talking about, and uh, told me about his intention of uh, of doing this project, um, and uh, he explained to me that this project had been in the works. For uh, quite some time, um, and that uh, he had also contacted other artists before me to uh, to do the Phantom, and uh, um, some of these uh, artists um, had kind of turned him down, uh, saying that uh, you know they didn't like the Phantom or. Um, they were not as excited to do the Phantom. So he was looking for someone that would be, uh, you know, willing to do the Phantom, do justice to the, to the character. And, uh, mm -hmm. of course, you know, I had been doing the Phantom for uh, a few years and uh, established myself, you know, even with the, with the fans. I, my name was known in the, in the Phantom circles. And... Um, I I said I was uh, you know willing to do that, happy to do that, um, and uh, I was happy to you know open um, 
um, negotiations as far as, you know, contract and all of that. And um, at the time, um, uh, Dan was uh, um, uh, facing um, um, a challenging uh, time um, in, in his life as far as his health. Uh, which he was uh, going through, I would say, in a, in a heroic way. Um, he was uh, facing this difficult time, and uh, one of the the ways that he had to cope with this difficult time was to focus on one of his dream project, which was the Phantom. So uh, it took some time to um, to come together and discuss contract and and so forth and all those uh, legal details because of uh, uh, other priorities that were in 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 his life at the time, which needed to be taken care of. Mm. And uh, eventually, we we came to. Um, an agreement, and um, uh, with uh, we came in a, to an agreement as far as uh, as far as me uh, um, doing uh, the pencils and inks the, of the of the store, and uh, he had some other people um, lined up. Um, to the colors that uh, we were talked about me just doing the pencils and somebody else doing the inks and uh, we had to discuss that and uh, come to come to um, a satisfactory mutually satisfactory agreement um, mm-hmm. and uh, when uh, when we when we began in earnest on on this uh, project, uh, we were kind of late already, and uh, that project had been uh, uh, also sitting um, on the shelves because uh, um, initially, you know, it was supposed to be a different uh, project, and it was supposed to be like a, a crossover between Phantom and Tarzan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, um, I know that uh, Peter David uh, wrote that that was his desire but of course uh, you know then there, there were some obstacles that uh, um, uh, arrived in the meantime um, with uh, Edgar Rice Duro's uh, um, company um, asking for an exorbitant amount of time of uh, of money um, to use uh, you know Tarzan, and uh, that made it uh, impractical. So things had to be changed in the script, and uh, all these things uh, you know contributed in uh, in creating a delay in um, in the in the project from the very beginning. And then, 
you know, we started, um, we started, uh, um, doing the, the project and, uh, we were looking at, uh, you know, uh, San Diego comic. And this is uh, likely five years ago, uh, for the, the promotion of, of this comic. And, uh, we're trying to get, uh, some material, uh, ready to promote in, in San Diego. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, because of the time constraint and several other things that were going on, including me, uh, still working on, uh, uh Phantom, um, were able to produce, um, like a cover image, uh, with, uh, the world of the Phantom, you know, that, uh, montage. That I can, um, I love that. Yeah. I'll just turn my I'll just turn my computer there so you can see. Ho- hopefully, I've got that hanging up on my wall. Mm, it's um, a great image. There you go. It's it's uh, uh, one of my favourites. It's just a real montage. It's almost a movie poster for uh, yeah uh, for the Phantom. Rather yeah. Than a, just a, a not just a but rather than a comic book. It's the sort of thing you'd expect to see on a uh, on a mm. cinema wall. Yeah, and exactly. that was intended exactly uh, that way. And, uh, you know, the, the, the idea, um, I still hadn't read the whole story, but I knew what we were trying to do. And the idea with that image was the, to pay homage to the world of the Phantom. So I, I threw, you know, in everything in the kitchen sink yeah. uh, with all the, all the characters from the, uh, the the phantom world you know and even the dinosaurs and you know, mm. uh, um, and that was uh, you know the way that we were going to do this this uh, story and mm. uh, I even created the the logo uh, for yeah. that um, which uh, was after you know was uh, changed a little bit um, but there was a lot of uh, a preliminary um, work that I wanted to do um, to present this story as, um, as as the Phantom, the way it, it's supposed to be done, with with great respect, you know, to uh, to the character, to the. the the story to the fans and so forth. Um, and uh, then I I did the initial scene, the opening scene, like for those who came in late, classic yes, narration. Yeah. Um, and uh, I I put a lot of uh, you know thinking into into that. Again, in order to present it to the public mm. and, uh, and have, you know, clear in everybody's mind what we were trying to do. Mm. Um, by the way, That's... that image was supposed to um, be uh, the cover of preview, like the diamond distribution. Uh, oh, diamond. wow. Um, that was the intention. So we needed uh, an impactful image 
to go mm. and cover a preview, which, by the way, costs a lot of money to to, uh, to have. Mm. Um, and uh, so all the, the rest of the stuff, the, the, the sequence with the, with the origin of the Phantom as a, a story of its own, um, all of its own. Um, I tried to, to do something that would look familiar to the fans, but also would look a little bit different. Um, so I, I, I used, uh, uh, an old, uh, um, narrative technique, um, called the chiasmus, which is like a, like a biblical, um, way of writing stories, um, um, where uh, the story starts and ends the same way. And uh, the elements of the story uh, kind of mirror themselves uh, from the beginning to the end. So the, the story of the Phantom in my narration started with... Um, and the phantom was born of these, uh, you know, elemental uh, things. And so you, you see, you know, fire, water, wind, and earth. Um, and earth is when, uh, you know, uh, he lands on the, on the seashore. Um, but that's how it, that's, that's how he's, is born. And uh, it ends with the fire again uh, when he's swearing the the the, the oath um, of the phantom, and then it transitions to the the fire that is at uh, at the feet of the of uh, the skull throne. Um, so all of that stuff and and other other stuff like uh, in that story like. There's elements of his costume in uh, uh, in in the in the clothes that he wears, like his uh, his pantaloons that he is he, wearing are the, the striped ones, and then the the coat um, of his uh, uh, of his father that he finds uh, you know on the corpse of the pirate on the beach is purple, you know, um, which uh, becomes that becomes his costume and like he he takes upon himself the mantle of his father um mm -hmm. and you know it is all to fire uh, to fight piracy is the consequence of the what came from his father so a, a, a lot of that stuff took uh took quite quite a bit of time and uh We it, up, it, it it all speaks to how um, passionate you are about the character, Sal. That, that you're trying and being so thoughtful about all of the various elements that you bring into, um, you know, not just your covers, but uh, you know, every, it seems like every image that you draw. Yeah, and that in particular, and that that project in particular for the Express 
um, reason that we were trying to do the phantom the way that we wanted always to uh, wanted to do it. And you know, you have to consider that you know, the, uh, Peter David, that was one of his dream projects. That's the way yeah. he wanted to do the Phantom, and he had previous experience, you know, with the DC series, yes. uh, doing a fantastic job. But perhaps whatever he wasn't able to accomplish with that great story he did for DC, he was trying to do with this story. And, mm. and then, uh, you know, uh, Dan Herman also being, you know, probably the greatest fan of the fan and, you know, putting his money where his mouth is, you know, investing in this project. Yeah. Um, he wanted to do something, something good. Uh, so the, the, the project started with uh, this great uh, uh, premise, this great foundation. And um, um, later on, you know, encounter some challenges, uh, which uh, are typical of of the the comic book business, and uh, created some problems later on. Hmm. Um, Can you you perhaps talk us through that a little bit, Sal? Because I know, um, you know, from a uh, from a fan point of view who's just going to the comic book shop to get their comics, there was a lot of um, frustration, I guess, and, you know, uh, first world problems, certainly, but um, just wondering when is the next issue coming out? Because it, yeah. it was a six-issue um, story that yeah. took two years to come out, and, and yeah. it often felt like we were waiting um, not just months but entire, you know, yes. uh, seasons. Um, yes. Summer would pass and, and still no uh, issue two or three or whatever it was. So can you talk us through some of the um, some of those yeah. barriers or challenges you're yeah. talking about? Yeah. Um, that that was uh, uh, quite the odyssey. Um, trying trying to to do that and uh, it, it took uh, uh, a lot of sacrifice and a lot of compromise from. Uh, uh, several people. When we first started the story, um, uh, the project, um, someone else was uh, um, slated to to color to do the coloring, and uh, um, it, it it was uh, uh, a guy that. Uh, um, had worked for Marvel Comics, and uh, I guess it, it is studio. It's a it's a, a studio in New Mexico. Um, was working with Marvel Comics, and he had several people, you know, working for him in his studio doing the coloring. And uh, um, he did the colors of the the poster, that image that we talked about before. Um, but, uh, it took, uh, took quite a while, um, for that, um, for those colors to come about because, you know, uh, I was, uh, as the, also the art director of the, of the project. So I was over the, the coloring process. Uh, later on, I would uh, oversee other aspects 
of the coloring of the of the comic, um, including lettering and other stuff. Um, so, um, another the the people that were coloring it ended up being the assistants of this guy, and uh, the results at the very first were not satisfactory. Um, that sequence that uh, I was I was telling you about uh, uh, the the origin of the Phantom um, initially was colored in a very different way, and uh, I wasn't happy with that. And uh, they they were trying to you know uh, to push these colorists to the project, and uh, I kind of. Uh, uh, Put my feet down, and uh, I I was able to uh, have my um, my partner, art partner Eugenio uh, Matozzi, who had colored you know the, the the Phantom covers and so many other yeah. projects for me uh, to do the interior coloring, um, and. Um, He decided to. He accepted to to work at uh, the the same page rate they were paying the an assistant colorist back in Mexico. Oh, so wow. it took a huge cut in pay. I was working on a, a big cut in pay for my pages. Um, but uh, we were doing it. I was doing it for the passion, for the character. It had to be mm. done right. So that started creating some uh, some delays. And uh, you know, mm. I wasn't not. I was doing not just the the pencil inking. I was doing the 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 color corrections and uh, um, all the other stuff that needed to be done. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know the pro the 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 product um, looked ended up looking um, the way that I wanted it to look, and mm-hmm. uh, um, we were able to um, to do the the first few issues. Um, they came uh, more punctual. They were published and more close to each other the problem with the delays was later on but uh, um, one uh, one other factor that uh, needs to be understood is that um, there was an investment on this project to to start the project it was a certain amount of money that was uh, um, budgeted for that and uh, but that budget was for, for the beginning of the project for the first uh, few issues um, the rest of, of the the money would have come from the sale of the first few issues yeah sure so when uh, when the sales of the first few issues 
didn't uh, end up being what was expected. Um, we found ourselves with a project that needed to be completed and uh, less than half of the budget that okay. was supposed Ooh. to be there. Which, uh, which had already been pretty tight anyway. And um, so we we discussed this uh, uh, with Dan, the, the, the need for uh, uh, this project to sell uh, more copies. And uh, so I decided to help with all the project. So I created a Facebook page. You guys are very well aware uh, of this. And uh, I contacted some of the, of the key uh, supporters of the fan of the Phantom, including Jermaine, and uh, made them uh, ambassadors for uh, for this project, like the people that uh, would uh, help this project survive. I also um, contacted a lot of people uh, from. Uh, um, my past editors, writers, uh, uh, artists, um, to uh, to write uh, a, a review uh, of uh, the first issue of the Phantom um, to create um, kind of a, um, appreciation yeah. for the project. And yeah. I don't know if you guys have seen all the those things, you know, some were published, others were not. Were supposed to appear on the on the back uh, of the of the issues initially, and uh, but anyway, uh, so at the time I was doing penciling, inking, color corrections, promotion of <laughs> of the of the project, uh, and uh, you know. I'm not the the fastest artist to begin with. Um, yes. Oh. So, um, and and so all this accumulated, um, and uh, you know, there were some uh, some delays, which initially were not uh, um, were not that bad. They were not you know as critical. Um, at the time, um, we also received some, uh, some help from, uh, from you guys, from the Australian market, uh, where the, the miniseries started to be distributed through the, the, um, through nice thought. Yeah. Fans vault. Yeah. There, there was, you know, also that transition in, in uh, that, that was, uh, uh, you know, in, in the works with, uh, with the new ownership of, yep. uh, of Fru, uh, with Renee and, uh, and Glenn, uh, which uh, I, I knew from before because they, 
they were, you know, uh, the people that, uh, you know, as collectors, you know, I purchased my original art and the, yeah. we know each other. Great support um, from from them. And uh, so we were trying to, you know, to salvage the ship in, in many ways. Was that yeah. part of the reason or, or were you part of the decision around having the Aussie variant covers? Um you know, because um, some of the, the those variants in Australia were the only, I would guess, part of the book that you you hadn't drawn um, with the with the various Australian artists contributing covers for those. Uh, yes, that was that was, and uh, I, I I thought uh, that was a great idea. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it meant I brought two copies. <laughs> <laughs> and and you know at, at the end of all this you know it's it's Germain that saved the that saved the day. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll claim it. Too. Oh. I'll claim it. <laughs> yeah, he's he's going to save that and use it as his ringtone now. Yeah. It was Jermaine that saved the day. It was Jermaine that saved the day. <laughs> so to make long story short, um. At uh, towards the the end of this project, um, I was uh, diagnosed um, with prostate cancer, um, okay. and uh, um, it was uh, it was a hard uh, uh, time for me. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know, um, uh, before I, I had surgery uh, for for cancer, which uh, by the way is gone, and uh, um, it's it's been now three years, uh, and uh, awesome. I consider myself very blessed mm-hmm. on that. I I should have been dead. Um, because the the type of cancer that I I had was a uh, was uh, ag- very aggressive, um, and uh, but you know, in preparation for surgery, you have to do some medical procedure, uh, which uh, chemically uh, deprive you of the the drive to do things. Um, and, and, and so, you know, I, I was, uh, I was working, uh, on fumes at the time, uh, by the same, at the same time, the, the funds for the project had completely dried out. Yeah. Uh, and, uh. To face um, a situation um, where you need to produce, and that is your uh, that is your living, you know, and, yeah. and uh, you're doing it uh, even at uh, a reduced pace, but you're doing it, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, not to. Uh, not to have the money, you know, 
uh, yeah. created some uh, uh, some problems, like uh, you know, uh, uh, many times that uh, you know it. it if I'm short on funds, I, I can do commissions, okay? And, uh, okay. you know, they, they pay up front, and I can get the money. But if I – if to get money, I have to do commissions, you know, I cannot yeah. do the, the other stuff. Um, yeah. So um, all these things um, created a situation where, you know, we were uh, – a little bit, um, quite a bit. Um, there was frustration on all ends. Yeah. And again, this is not intended to put the blame on anyone, because you know, on on the other side, you know, on the on the publishing side, they were having, you know, uh, challenges. Uh, yeah. Um. And but you know, on my side. I was uh, uh, debated between, you know, giving it up uh, uh, and, and, and finding, you know, and doing something else and finishing it. My, my quandary was that um, my motivation to do uh, this through this difficult time was the fact that I did not want to um, let the fans down. Yeah. Because I had uh, established a report with them, you know, um, and uh, with you guys. Yeah. Um, that was the motivation for me to, to, to do it. And, and, and so... You know, at the end, we had to take some shortcuts to uh, to do some other stuff. You know, Dan was the the publisher was trying to help, and uh, he said, "Okay, just do the pencils, and uh, we'll have this uh, anchor uh, lady that we are thinking of using for some other series." do the inks on you uh and uh we tried that uh on on one page and uh the the results were uh not not good i i had to correct the page in photoshop and that would that took me more time than if i had to ink it myself um yeah yeah so we decided to go another route, and uh, we did uh, uh, electronic inking on the last few pages of the story. Um, Was that the first time that you'd done electronic inking? Or? I, I didn't do it. Uh, uh, a friend of mine, a colleague, also local mm-hmm. here from Utah, did it for me. Uh, uh-huh. But I was still doing all the all the cleaning of the ink right. in Photoshop after that. And yeah. uh, then Eugenio um, was doing uh, uh, colors. Now, yeah. you, have, you have to know that Eugenio um, 
he, he lives in Italy. Uh, we met a long time ago, and he is a school teacher. He teaches art in uh, in middle school in Italy. Oh wow! I I respect the man. I'm a middle school teacher myself, um, Sal. It's a it's a tough gig. It is. And so he, he was uh, he was working on, on on this thing, you know, late at night. And he yeah. Had, hmm. But many many nights, and he, he he was pumping out, you know, a page a day of colors. Oh wow! Uh, hmm. Before you know, just to give you an idea, it it took us like almost a week back and forth with all the the corrections and stuff, you know. Um, so we we were doing all all this stuff uh, towards the end, um, basically for for an, a no compensation. The compensation sure. came uh, 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 afterwards very slowly, and uh, um, also uh, thanks to the the, the help of uh, uh, Sabrina Herman, which. Uh, I called uh, the little engine that could. Uh, she <laughs> she's uh, she's the same age as my daughter, and uh, you know sometimes I I, I see her uh, uh, as a daughter uh, figure, and uh, you know she she's the one that you know is, is taking care of so many things with the company. Mm. But anyway, um, that so that that so yeah. That that story was, uh, you know, that was done and completed. I, I was happy at the end. I, I was happy with the 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 trade paperbacks, the hardback, mm. all the 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 trade paperback, and, I, and I've got the the hardcover version. It's Danger in the Forbidden City. I don't think we've even said the title of it the whole way through. So just to, <laughs> just for fans to make sure that we talk, they know what we're talking about. But um, when you look at, back on it now, so like with the benefit of, you know, it's been finished for three years. I know you say you were happy with it at the time it was finished. Are you still happy with it now? You look back on it with pride, I hope. Um, yes and no. Um, I know that um, uh, Peter David wanted it to, fi- to uh, finish a little bit different. Okay. okay. So the the ending you probably notice it's a little bit rushed. Yeah. But uh, you yeah. know, um, that that ending also um, was written later. You know, when when the project started, uh, uh, there were only uh, uh, probably the first three issues written, and then oh. uh, Peter. Wow wrote the others um, later and uh, the last one was uh, was written uh, you know towards the very end okay and so yeah and, and, and yeah. Peter and Peter was uh, was going through um, some health challenges himself uh, at the time. So, the moral of the story, all the people involved in, in this project, beginning with, uh, with Dan, then myself, then Peter David, we all faced 
very similar challenges, uh, death threatening challenges. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, um, this this project was done by all of us out of uh, passion for the Phantom, for the character, for yeah. the, the medium of comics, for the fans. And uh, um, if there's any way that we should look at it, I think that's the best way to, to yeah, appreciate yeah. it. Mm. Oh, that's good. Do you feel that in with all of the the difficulties it's tarnished your repu- uh, reputation in any way no i think everybody knew that i was a slow artist i love i love that answer <laughs> um we really appreciate just you think germain i'm going to turn the question back to you and and dan okay and- Okay, do you think that has tarnished my reputation? Not in a heartbeat. No. I was no. surprised at the question, to be honest. <laughs> oh, it was, yeah, it was It was a different question. I, I, I guess for the uneducated, you know, and obviously, you know, a lot of the stuff that you've said tonight is probably the first time a lot of people have heard about the challenges. But for a lot of people... Like what uh, Dan said before, you know, for a lot of the average fans who just want to read a comic, it can be a little bit disheartening not getting the comic when it's been told to get and and stuff like that. And I was just wondering, you know, I guess, you know, fans can be impatient at the best of times. Yeah. Whether, um, you know, whether, you know, whether, whether you think that or whether some people have thought that or not, it's just... I guess I, I I could probably almost see where some people might uh, have that feeling about your reputation that you know because of the delays and that. Yeah. Well, if, but, if um, my reputation yeah. is that I'm late, uh, I think they're right. Uh, but uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> uh, if my reputation is that I'm not. Uh, a good artist or I don't love the phantom or uh, I don't uh, put my best effort in in a project uh, they are wrong so yeah. you put the, you put the two things on on the scale you know yeah my lateness compared to the other things and see which one weighs the most and from a from a fan's point of view, and this is just talking from a, a pure fan's point of view, we want good stuff. And for all of the issues that Herms the had, I can't. You know, sorry, Benjamin, yes. I couldn't hear you. Okay. Okay. From can a you fan's, hear me? Yep. Can you hear me better now? Now I can. Yes. Okay. So what I was what I was uh, trying to say is. From a from a fan's point of view, in re, in response to your question, we want good stuff, and I believe that you know you've got you've got awesome covers be, you know behind you. You've got the story itself; it had its problems, which you've you've explained as well. But the art you cannot fault in any way at all. And um, 
so I I think at the end of the day, um, with all of the problems that happened with it, you you, you would still have to be fairly uh, fairly happy with the finished product. I am because it would have been it would have been a lot easier to probably just give up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's the what's the old saying? You can have things. Um, uh, you can't have it. Can't have anything fast and cheap and good. Um, you yeah. can pick two out of the three. <laughs> so, um, you know, I I certainly see that the end product. Yeah, I, I agree with what you 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 summation there about the um, the story did feel a little bit rushed at the end and and what it you know maybe it would have been awesome to see it as a as even an eight part series or. Or, um, or whatever. And it, it's interesting to consider how, um, writing the chapters at, at various times might mm. have had an impact on the, on the overall flow of the story rather than, you know, having a, an author sit down and write the whole thing all in one sitting or, you know, have, have a little bit more detail there. But, um, yeah, the overall, as I say, the, the trade paperback, I, I really quite enjoyed. I, I, and I did get the individual issues at the time, and like yeah. them, I got the, the variant covers um, as well. There you well. go, Dan, you helped as well. Well, <laughs> I, where everyone knows to do their bit. <laughs> That's it. Um, I think... Yeah, yeah let's not... Yeah. I, I don't take anything for granted, uh, mm. especially what you guys are doing now. And, and uh, there's a lot of people in Australia that uh, need to be, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I appreciate, I'm grateful to. And uh, one person that helped during that time of crisis, uh, well, it was Renee White and uh, also uh Glenn Ford. Yeah. Now, we we had professional dealings, you know, with, with Renee and Glenn. Fantastic. But at the time, it was uh, uh, also, you know, on the counseling side um, that Renee came through, um, like. Uh, giving advice and, and suggestions and, and, and so forth. So yeah. um, if that project was uh, was completed and it is what it is now with, you know, um, with all is, you know, good and bad, um, is in, in part uh, due to the help of... Uh, of the Australian market and uh, you guys, uh, fans, supporters, and uh, Renee White and Glenn Ford, mm. uh, which me right now, you know, represent the best expression of fan <coughs> publishing because it, it's done by, by fans for mm. fans. And uh, Renee and Glenn both are putting their money where their mouth is. And uh, without going into details, um, to um, pick up the the torch of Fru from the way that it was before. Yeah. um, 
Jim Shepard, bless your heart uh, for all that you've done. But, uh, you know, the transition wasn't easy and wasn't cheap. So there had to be a lot of, uh, you know, real commitment, um, creative, financial, and, and, and all of that to, um, to put all this together, you know, to come to fruition. Mm. And uh, mm. that fruition, yeah, very good. That that's not to to be taken for granted. You know what mm. what you guys are doing there in Australia. You you're basically uh, have become, you know, uh, the the uh, outmost expression of the Phantom today. Mm. Well, we um, we're, we're delighted to hear that. And so that's um, segue to the next section. So, sorry, I was just going to say that's a brilliant segue. Um, we, Dan, you say what you say, and then we'll move over into the free section of stuff that sells done. Oh, I was, I was um, just going to say that it, um, uh, it, it's flattering to hear that for the, from an Australian mm. point of view, and, and maybe there'll be um, Scandinavian listeners who, who need to jump up and down and talk to Egmont about picking up their act. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> just have a little, if I have a little dig there, but um, I think it is a, it, it, it's a real marker of what you're talking about there, Sal. Is just the the release of the trading cards. I think this is going where you're going as well, Jim. Mm. With, um, the the release of the trading cards that have come out in the last month, um, and 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 Sal, you've got a a, a great trilogy of images that are um, part of that pack as well. Um, can you talk to us a little bit about that that process of developing those images? Not just the the three that came on the front of the cards, but also the uh, the jigsaw image, if you like, that um, is made up on the, by the back of the cards. Yeah, the, the jigsaw <laughs> image was uh, was uh, I guess Glenn's idea. Uh, it was a, a nice surprise for me to see, um, and uh, the cards um, are you know. Uh, some cards that I had done uh, for Glenn, uh, some of the many cards I've done for Glenn in the last few years. And uh, um, I guess, uh, you know, this project has been in the works um, for quite some time. And, uh, yeah. you know, Glenn had is share of, uh, of challenges to overcome to um, to make this you know become a reality and uh, uh, I like the result I like the result yes. um, so you, you, that's that is copies of the what? Yeah. The, the result that's the those cards are exquisite I, I've only just finished um, putting my collection together um, I've only just got my box in the last week and put all the cards together in the in the folder. Just well, actually today, just before um, joining you, um, I, I got the last few cards in the, into the collection. And when I first got one of your um, cards in, in a pack, like I know there's other um, chaser cards in there, but your card really stood out. It was um, mm. and with all the the, the embossing and what have you, it, yes. it's mm. it's a, it's a fantastic. Oh, the three of them. 
um, yeah. are fantastic. And yeah. I think you're really underselling it, just saying, oh, yeah, it came out all right. They, came, they are fantastic. They are exquisite. Yeah, they, they are. are a brilliant have you, product. Have you had your hands on the physical cards yet, Sal? Yes. Yes. Yep. Um, just uh, just the, the other day, um, a fan from Australia sent me uh, some cards to uh, to autograph. So I had the chance to uh, touch them very carefully because uh, <laughs> you, know, you leave fingerprints on it very, very easily. Um, but, um, yeah, they're nice. And, you know, consider the contrast. Up mm-hmm. until a few years back, you know, The Phantom was published in Australia on the quality of paper, the quality of print. Butcher's paper. The yeah. covers, you know, were uh, very different. Now mm-hmm. you're getting, um, um, I don't want to say dignity, but um, the, the stuff is the way that it's supposed to be. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, before, before you know, I don't want to put down you know what what Jim did because uh, you know he did a wonderful, fantastic job. Uh, but uh, you know the, things have changed, the markets have changed, and uh, it's thanks to this kind of initiative, thanks to this kind of um, uh, quality of product that uh, you know the, the Phantom can be a part of today's market. I don't mm. think it would have survived um, if it had been, had been uh, done, you know, the old way. Mm. Yeah, completely agree. And, um, and to complete the advertisement for free, we should say it's remarkable that they haven't, um, and you may not even be a well aware, Sal, but they haven't imp- increased price dramatically um, to go along with that. They found ways yes. to improve the quality. Yeah, the price has gone up a smidge, but nowhere near, um, you know, the, the jump in quality is far more than the jump in price. So, yes. um, you know, if if uh, we're going to, you know, really pump up for his tyres, and I think we should, um, you know, that's something that needs to be mentioned as well. They, they, they're doing it on the on the budget as well. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, that means that uh, the margin of earnings yeah. is much reduced, and those earnings, in turn become the investment on the next projects. So by accepting that uh, uh, diminished earning, you're also accepting um, um, a higher risk on the the future projects, which is, Mm. you know, in a way you're trusting the... The, the the readership the the, the customers uh, to um, to invest in future stuff and so you are then uh, committed to make sure that the next project is gonna be well received so mm. I, I I think uh, you know financially and creatively that is uh, that is courageous. Mm, yeah. Now uh, you probably know. I, I think Jermaine already uh, knows that uh, uh, there are other cards that I did for a 
um, for Glenn, and uh, uh, I, I don't think uh, it's uh, uh, inappropriate to to mention that uh, and, and advertise in advance, you know, uh, a series of cards um, that show the different colors of the the Phantom costume. Uh, yep. through, the, through the years. Um, and uh, uh, I think one or two images have already been uh, published uh, uh, in the back, uh, yes. back covers yes. or something like that. But uh, I'm sure I've seen those somewhere. Those are, those are a series. I think there's 18 of those uh, cards. Mm. Yeah. yeah, with the different, yeah, with the different countries Different um, and a different costume. Um, yeah. And uh, the 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 time, the dates, the the yes. years that they first appear, and um, hmm. that was. I must admit, I kind of forgot about those. Well, that's that why I'm couple... here, Jermaine. <laughs> yeah, I remember those. That were, that were that were very interesting. I remember. Um, that was. Yeah, that was a couple of years ago now. Yeah. Yeah. I think we did, uh, yeah, Papua New Guinea. We did Italy, Italy, France. Um, yeah, I remember those. Yes. Oh wow! And uh, those are, you know, upcoming. Um, and like I was saying before, you know, it's it's nice to know that uh, there's going to be exciting, interesting. Um, projects you know in the mm. and uh, i i've been trying to be supportive of fru uh, yeah. as much um probably not as much as they have of me um because you know uh most of these cards and some of the covers that I've done um, is uh, um, is Renee and Glenn, you know, saying, "Okay, here's how we have work for you." Um, and sometimes I I approached uh, uh, Glenn, you know, asking for a for work, uh, you know, uh, practically there. The budget they have for uh, um, the inside pages uh, is not um, feasible for me to uh, to work with, but uh, uh, this these other things, you know, um, I can do and they can afford, and uh, they can uh, they can be done um, in. Uh, Mutually satisfactory. Uh, mm. the, other, the other way that I've been trying to uh, support Fru and Glenn and Renee is by um, introducing other artists uh, yes. to, to the company. And um, I, I've been... Uh, you know, just just for the the nature of things, I've been uh, 
uh, in contact, and uh, I, I knew some of them. Um, one was, uh, um, is Angelo, Angelo Todaro. Mm. Yep. Which, uh, like I said before, at the beginning of our conversation, is, is from my hometown. And uh, Angelo, uh, I knew, um, I've known of Angelo for a long time. Uh, he is uh, quite a famous uh, uh, artist back home. Uh, he had his own uh, uh, studio, um, which I visited um, before and soon after I came uh, to America. And, uh, um, of course, Angelo um, had done The Phantom, uh, as well as Mandrake and a slew of other characters uh, in the 60s for uh, Fratelli Spada, uh, because, you know, he was a young guy at the time, and uh, he was living in, in, in Rome, and he was working with uh, Alberto Giolitti uh, in his studio. Um, and, and, and Giolitti is one of the, you know, the, the most famous um, artists uh, in, uh, in Italy and uh, internationally as well. Yeah, yeah. And so Angelo worked in that studio and then he, he took with him the experience of the, of the studio system and he created one of his own back home and he was doing uh, um, anima animation advertising and uh, they were doing comics uh, um, all sorts of stuff so uh, Angelo was a, one of my point of reference from the beginning and then when I, when I started doing the Phantom and uh, um, Angelo came on uh, on the internet uh, he decided to, you know, surface on on Facebook and stuff like that. I I convinced them to come back and and do the some more phantom stuff. And I put him in contact with uh, with Glenn and uh, uh, Angelo produced those uh, stories for him, and they're fantastic. And uh, he looks like. Uh, he, he uh, his style is uh, uh, just like in the old days. Mm. He hasn't lost a beat. No. And an, another artist that you I you can tell us, I guess, about the connection. But I, we certainly know that you you would promote online regularly. And I'm I hope you're going to pronounce me on the, uh, correct me on the pronunciation. But uh, Massimo Gamberi is a is a friend of yours as well, and and, and has produced a, a bit of work for free recently. Massimo Massimo Gamberi um, is uh, is a good friend, um, and uh, we we met through um, also through Facebook, and uh, um, at the time I I was. Uh, I was going through my um, cancer treatment and, and so forth. So the, um, the thing had become public, and uh, many um, 
many people had um, um, they, they created like fundraisers uh, to help me with yep. uh, medical expenses and stuff like yes. that and uh, uh, Massimo reached um, uh, at that reached me at that time uh, uh, wanting to to help um, but uh, he himself was coming out of uh, uh, some serious health problems and uh, I was touched by the fact that uh, um, you know he wasn't thinking of himself he was trying to to mm-hmm. reach out for for someone else and trying to help me yeah. and I was very impressed by the by his personality by his character the the depth of his character and yeah. Uh, so you know, uh, naturally the friendship developed, and uh, um, I I I saw some of the work that he was doing. Um, Massimo has been involved for many years now with uh, probably the 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 outmost uh, um, Italian. Um, um, comic book appreciation society like cultural you know um, uh, organization um, and uh, the, they have a publication they have a, a, a very strong presence at uh, um, at all the conventions uh, there in Europe and, and they promote classic comics and uh, uh, Massimo had done uh, uh, work for them uh, for covers and uh, for uh, the, he, he did uh, uh, a comic strip and Massimo has the as a fascination and is possessed by the <laughs> by the ghost of uh, all these famous artists hmm. and. Uh, this trick that he used to do it looked exactly like Al Williamson. So I sent some uh, images uh, to Glenn Ford and I said, hey, Glenn, you want to see someone that draws like Al Williamson? And I sent the stuff from Massimo. And Glenn is an artist, you know, he, he, he that it goes directly to his heart. He, he liked it a lot, and I I proposed to have uh, you know why don't you have him try some uh, some stuff for for you guys? Uh, so he did, and we Massimo and I worked together on the, on some of the first stuff that he did, like that um, was the Christmas cover. Uh, or uh, you know some other stuff, and uh, you know gave him a few tips on uh, um, how to make things work. And uh, so now Massimo is living his dream, um, mm. and uh, Angelo has come back to life from. Uh, being, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, a comic book zombie artist, um, and uh, 
there's probably more to come. There's uh, some others that you don't know about. That, well, that sounds uh, very awesome. So, so as we as we uh, start to wind up, what it, quickly? What would you say is like a difference in working for the three publishers that you've worked for on the Phantom? We've got Egmont. Herms, and then also Free. Uh, this was a question from one of our Patreons, uh, Sean Bassett. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so like, is there much of a difference in working for the three publishers? Um, uh, yes. Um, with Through, like I like I mentioned, uh, I'm dealing with uh, I'm dealing with Glenn. I'm dealing with Renee. Um, it's uh, it's a friend relationship. It's a colleague yep. relationship with Glenn. Um, so if it's not uh, it, it, it's not formal, and and, and it, it has all the perks of uh, being um, a friend relationship because you know it, it's people that you can count on. You know. Yeah. The standpoint of you know finances, the standpoint of uh, um, uh, uh, appreciating the the creativity and, and all of that. So that that's one thing. Uh, Egmont um, was uh, um, was good to work uh, in the beginning. You know, with Alf Granberg. Uh, uh, yeah. He was really a, a mentor to me. When you know, when he when he first hired me, he sent me boxes of um, of Phantomen um, issues. Um, oh wow! The graphic novels they did. Um, the I'm I'm turning around because I'm looking at them. Um, there's a, a, a Lee Falk. Um, memorial book they did anyway all this stuff um many of these things he he wrote and i had some uh, some of these uh, uh copies even autographed by him but uh, he he was uh he was cultivating the the report the relationship with me mm. and i had this happen Uh, every time that it happened with Marvel, with DC, uh, with Neil Adams, you can tell the the difference uh, by the the way that the person that hires you cultivates that um, relationship by providing you all the support material, even inspirational material. Uh, to help you, um, you know, uh, succeed. So yeah. that that was a that was something good. Um, and uh, as far as um, Hermes, I I I think I already uh, yeah. expressed my my feelings and uh, you know um, what I want to take out of it is, is the fact that uh, you know the people that were um, motivated by a love for the Phantom, uh, got together and uh, through obstacles, through uh, even uh, 
disagreements and uh, and problems and uh, were able to um, uh, conclude things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I hope that um, the same thing can happen with the other projects that uh, yeah. they they have. Um, of which I do know, I don't know uh, anything, but um, just uh, as a reflection of what I've been going through, I I can see what the challenges are um, with those. Yeah. Mm. No. One thing is to is to publish um, reprint material in uh, a, a masterful. And a beautiful way, um, um, when it's all said and done, it's expensive, but it's not as expensive as producing original stuff. Mm. Uh, it's a totally different kind of commitment. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So. When you, so when you produce um, work for the, the three different companies, as you have in this instance, and, and there are obviously three different geographical audiences do you um and i guess this question this angle comes from from one of the publishers um who i've been in touch with tonight while we've been talking actually and you've already had some very nice things to say about them and they have suggested that um some of your covers and your fandom work seems to look quite different for the three different um countries that you produce for do you bear that in mind as you're drawing and creating with the audience that you're you're marketing to or or, or what's do you, do you think about that at all um i i don't think i don't think uh, they're targeted to the to the audience um the stuff that i've done for uh, uh for egmont um and the only cover in in uh, color um like rendered color that I did for uh, uh fru which uh is the one with the uh, is that uh, the leonardo style one for the, the, yeah, for the phantom cult Vitruvian man um with the yeah the the old fan, the phantom god symbols in the back. Um, yeah, they're basically the same. Uh, yeah. The ones that I did for um, for Hermes Press were uh, supposed to look uh, uh, like uh, almost uh, like uh, Norman Rockwell stuff, uh, like you know the circle in the middle mm. and uh, mm. uh, uh so we're, we're trying to do like a nostalgic thing you know again it was the the phantom of, ni- of 1936 uh, um, yeah. so we're trying to do like uh, the saturday evening post uh kind of thing so they were different because of that but uh as far as targeting targeting the audience uh, um Probably not. The only exception being that one that I did for Sweden. Yeah. Uh, like, that was the only targeted one. Yeah. Awesome. 
Fair enough. Um, so do you still read the Phantom comics? Do you still receive them? Uh, do, do you read the, the dailies or the Sundays, um, either online or in the paper? Um, uh, yes. Um, but I'm following more the, like always, I'm following more the artist than the store. Yeah. Mm. And uh, <laughs> even though, you know, I, I love Tony, uh, Tony DePaul, and, uh, you know, uh, we always joke about the fact that he is, uh, is Italian after all. Um, <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah, but, uh, I, I'm keeping an eye on, on the art, uh, yeah. as far as the strips. Um, as far as, uh, the, the other comics, I still, uh, receive my comp copies from, uh, Sweden. Uh, but I cannot say that I read them. Um, yeah. <laughs> But I look at the pictures. I look. Your, your Swedish is a little bit, um, is about the same as mine, uh, non-existent. Yeah. Yeah, I think I know about five or ten words um, <laughs> as well. Um, so you made mention before that you've been receiving some cards to get signed by fans. So I'm assuming that um, if other fans have comics or cards or whether they want to get commissions, they can contact yeah. you via social media. Yeah. 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 I've been, I've been advertising that on, on social media and, um, easily reachable and, uh, and, you know, they can contact me like that. And, uh, we try to accommodate all requests. Yeah. Um, the, yeah. um, so social media, Sal, you're you're probably as prominent as any phantom artist I can think of, mm. to be honest. Like you, you promote, you, you you're very generous and share a lot of the Chronicle Chamber posts, which we yes. very much appreciate, um, because you've got a, a wide audience of phantom fans, and and I think you've helped us um, build our presence um, online uh, through your through your sharing there, and we and we thank you for that. Um, you find that. You know, the, the art of Salvaludo page that you've got, your own personal page that you've got, um, your contributions to the various phantom pages. How important is that to you and, um, uh, I guess as an artist and, 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 uh, and beyond perhaps? I don't know. Can you, can you talk to us through that one a little bit? Yeah. Um, I think I'm the only, uh, artist, phantom artist to have, uh, a page dedicated to the phantom. Um, and, uh, I, I take that as, uh, a privilege and a responsibility, um, especially, you know, when it comes to, um, promoting the art, um, even, even, uh, the art, artwork from fans, from people that, you know, uh, like to draw the phantom, uh, be, like uh, because they're uh, eight years old and uh, they're dreaming. You know, mm. uh, that expression to me is very important, and um, I want to um, give exposure and uh, uh, give uh, 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 um, to these, uh, these uh, sometimes uh, I I uh, have problems with people uh, um, expressing negative um, 
negative uh, feedback on some artists, like, oh, this artist uh, shouldn't, uh, you know, do the Phantom is uh, is bad, you know. And uh, yeah, we don't like those people either. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, uh, I need a skull mark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> even and sometimes that even comes from uh, uh, established. Uh, um, uh, fans, uh, old fans. Uh, Are they usually the worst, the old fans? <laughs> uh, no, no, no. There's some. Extent. <laughs> I know. Ninety, ninety percent of the of the cases uh, is positive, but there's always someone that you know um, uh, thinks that uh, putting down an artist. Uh, um, you know, makes them feel like uh, they know better than others. So yeah, yeah. That, that's that's one of my main goals to to give exposure to the, the not just the char- the character, but uh, the the art and uh, you know anything that has to do with the the phantom lore. Uh, yeah. Hmm. So yeah. Hmm. Now, um, you, you just talked to, you've, you've talked a little bit about different artistic styles and, you know, I think we've seen them on, online where you, it's definitely not going to get published, but it is the, the work of a dreamer and that sort of thing. And, um, one thing that I think almost everybody says about your artistic style, Sal, and, and Jermaine's touched on it at least four or five times, I reckon, when he's talking about girls, but, uh, um, your, the, your use of anatomy and your use of, realistic body types and um we've actually had a um uh, a query one of the a question to put to you from a um a fru artist who has asked that to, that he remains nameless um but a fru cover artist who's asked about um your use of references do you use references um to what extent have you used them in the past do you still use them every time you sit down um, because I think many people would agree that you have some of the most uh, realistically, realistically, sorry, realistic looking um, figures, um, human torsos and bodies and, and, and general anatomy of uh, many artists going around. Um, do I use reference? Um, yes, but yes, not, sorry, as yes. Much, not as much as I used to. Um, um, Sometimes, uh, to my detriment, I don't use as much as I, <laughs> as I should, uh, because the using reference uh, is a time saver. Um, and uh, um, sometimes, but sometimes, you know, uh, finding um, pictures of uh, of what you want from the angle that you want. Yes. It's not easy. Um, mm. So um, I have to use reference, um, and, but uh, perhaps tweak them a little bit. Um, from the anatomy standpoint, um, maybe the Phantom used helped me to do things a little bit better, you know, coming from superheroes were, you know, the muscles were, at least the way that I did them, were very, very uh, hypertrophic. You know, they were big, you know, bodybuilding. <laughs> and uh, 
also, you know, coming from my background of uh, doing illustrations for bodybuilding magazines. Um, so I, I like to draw, you know, muscles and and I like to draw hair, all the stuff that I don't have. Um, <laughs> uh, so um, the Phantom helped me take uh, that anatomy to a more re- more realistic proportions. Um, yeah. and, and, and so, um, yeah, that it's been uh, it's been a school like using you know my my knowledge. Um, uh, of muscles and uh, but trying to make it look proper, like you know, yeah. when when an arm is uh, is flexed, you know, the, the the bicep has a certain shape and the tricep has a different shape, you know, because yeah. they're antagonistic muscles. You know, when when the pectoral, in, you know, is you know the the arm is towards the uh, the the center of the body, like when you're throwing a punch, you know, uh, there's one part that is uh, you know flexed, and then the other one, you know, is relaxed. Um, so they have a different shape, and uh, that helps. Uh, just uh, you know, a little bit of knowledge in that uh, sector um, helps you make things uh, more realistic. Uh, um, I used. Uh, uh, reference uh, more, for example, more uh, for animals, uh, like uh, oh. um, for uh, the devil. Um, I've been looking uh, for wolves uh, stuff, you know, um, because uh, you know that's that's supposed to be a wolf. I mean, that's the ongoing joke. Uh, in hmm. Phantom Comics, you know, oh, this yeah. dog not be here. No, it's not a dog; it's a wolf. Um, yeah. But then, you know, it looks like a German Shepherd, and uh, <laughs> people are saying, you know, this dog cannot be here. And it, it looks really like a wolf. You know, people would no, that's not a mm. dog. Um, yeah. so the uh, even the stance of devil. Uh, it, it is the stance of a wolf, like uh, you know, uh, uh, unlike a dog, the, the wolf have his tongue out. You know, the dog is always you know has his tongue sticking out. You know, um, it, the the wolf's tail it, it is not you know sticking up. It's usually down, and the the wolf walks a different way, and. Yeah. Hero is the same thing, you know. Uh, hero is the 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 ideal um, the ideal horse, and uh, so for that you 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 look at uh, not just pictures but also you know uh, statues of uh, you know equestrian uh, heroes, you know. Um, yeah. To, to give the heroic proportions to hero. So mm-hmm. that's where the rest comes uh, mm-hmm. into play. 
Okay. Can I can I um, take a little left field now and, and talk about a, a one-off item that you also produced for Fru? And a, a, this is a, a bit of an extended question, I guess, but um, I can't, like might be last year, maybe two years ago, you produced a, or, or created a picture called The Phantom and the Panther um, for the Fru Folio, yes. which was based on a, uh, yes. a an older Fru character, yeah. the Panther. Yes. Um it's a it's a great image and it's got all those that that dynamic dynamic muscle that you've just been talking about and all of that sort of stuff. Um, I can't help we can't leave this podcast go without asking you about Black Panther and the potential of a Black Panther Phantom team up because there was a lot of talk about that when the Black Panther movie came out. Um, what what are your thoughts? Could the could the two of them ever? Come into the same universe, and, and would you love to be in charge of that? Uh, only, only on uh, on commissions. <laughs> <laughs> I had requests of, of of that, as well as other characters that I've been uh, involved with through the years, uh, to appear, appearing on the same um, on the same page. Um, of course, you know that you know uh, Glenn decided to give me. Uh, that uh, image uh, yes. because yes. Uh, you know me doing Black Panther and uh, um, initially I I produced some sketches kind of um, updating the Panther uh, costume uh, which uh, were not used because we wanted to keep the the old version even you know not to risk uh, infringement of uh, of copyrights because the the, yeah. the the thing was obvious. I mean, uh, um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, however, this being said, I have to say that uh, um, not the the Phantom, but uh, uh, Guran has appeared in the pages of Black Panther. In the, mm-hmm. um, and this is before I even, you know, uh, dreamed of, uh, of doing, of doing Black Panther. And, uh, maybe one of these days are, I'll, I'll publish, uh, I'll post uh, the image of, of this, uh, big, uh, group fight. Uh, that happens in Wakanda, where all these different tribes uh, are, are are part of, and uh, of course there's the the Bandar pygmies that are part of it. Oh wow! Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, well, they, I, I, yeah. I think I speak for a lot of fans when I say we'd love to see that image. Mm. So stay tuned. It, it 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 does also like in this area. It's a bit of a You've worked on two iconic characters and for, for a significant period of time, both set in the jungle, both um, heroes, superheroes, heroes, um, but they're very different in um, I don't know, philosophy, I suppose. There was a bit of a, there was a lot of talk amongst Phantom fans when Black Panther the movie particularly came out because that brought the character to the, the forefront again about what that might mean for. You know, people's interpretation in 2019 of what a Phantom movie might be. They're both 
you know, they're both these heroes living in the jungle, but they're both, well, they're different coloured skin, to be, to be blunt. And, uh, they the, the impact that would have on the way that people would view those stories. As someone who's so intimately involved in both, Sal, have you got, um, some opinions on that or some thoughts on that? Uh, yes, it would be difficult to present the Phantom, um, the way that it was originally conceived because, uh, you know, it, it, it's like it has to do with colonialism, colonialism, um, and you know, societies were different uh, at that time. You know, uh, all the the major you know super, uh, world powers had colonies. So yeah, uh, and uh, no, including Italy. You know, where the yeah. Phantom became very famous. Uh, and consider that uh, it became famous 1936. We are in the middle of the the, the fascist era yeah. in, in Italy, where um, you know um, the American products um, were banned. You couldn't uh, you couldn't use any foreign uh, word, you know. Uh, they, they were not part of the Italian vocabulary. They were forbidden no. by the fascist regime. But, uh, you know, the fandom was able to, you know, sneak uh, through that for a while. Um, there were some changes afterwards. But uh, talking about, you know, something that has to do with colonialism, no, that aspect could not... Um, um, would not succeed uh, nowadays. That's why, you know, when they did the movie, they, they, they with Billy Zane, they focused on, uh, on, on the other stuff they were trying to do. Yeah. You know, Rocketeer yeah. and Anna Jones. Um, yeah. And uh, and Black Panther, you know, the success of uh, of the movie is. Uh, Exactly, you know, the, the opposite of colonialism, which, uh, yes. which is, you know, a, a nation, uh, African nation that uh, has never been um, a colony of anyone and has progressed to uh, incredible uh, levels and uh, becomes the... Um, the point of reference for every everyone else, which uh, you know is the idea of uh, uh, Afrofuturism. Um, so you know the the contrast is very stark um, yeah. between the two. Um, um, I don't I don't uh, I don't see the Phantom. I don't want to see the Phantom. Uh, Dealing with those kind of uh, um, politics uh, things, um, I, I prefer to see the Phantom um, uh, done well, but still, you know, um, innocent. Still, like uh, you know, uh, uh, something that uh, is uh, is adventure is a. Uh, uh, a reflection of the uh, of the the, the pulp stories uh, and uh, you know that that kind of uh, mentality. 
but the politics, yeah. I, I think, should uh, be avoided. Mm. Awesome. Um, so I've got, I've got another. I've got two more questions. Uh, first one. Um, in knowing a little bit about yourself, I know you are a religious uh, man. How do you find that's um, impacted your career in comics, or has it impacted your career in comics in any way? Well, that has impacted my life, and uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, principles uh, that you believe in are uh, the the things that you you base your decisions on, you know, yeah. uh, you base your decisions on the, um, on your principles. And so, um, um, how it has impacted my, my career. Um, I, I think it only for the good in the sense that, um, um, well, for once, um, uh, it helped me, uh, I, I feeling comfortable with uh, you know characters like like uh, like the Phantom, like others that I've, I've done uh, that are uh, essentially uh, you know innocent. Uh, they they are uh, um, uh, genuine uh, heroes. You know, I, I I don't know if I. I could uh, do justice to, uh, you know, controversial uh, characters um, um, dealing with, uh, um, like, I, I, I don't know if I could do a, a, a villain, you know, be, do a sympathetic villain. Um, mm. The anti-hero. Anti-hero and, and so forth. Uh, and uh, I have to say that you know uh, my uh, my religious beliefs I'm I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints uh, you know known as Mormon Church commonly um, has also given me um, chances to to work in in the religious uh, market and uh, and to be exposed to um, a very huge audience, uh, yeah. uh, I I did uh, a series of uh, um, monthly um, two-page uh, stories for a. Um, a children's um, magazine called uh, The Friend um, that was uh, published in uh, in like I think 36 language. I don't want to exaggerate, but it's in that in that oh, realm. Wow. And uh, that, that was an interesting challenge because uh, you know these publications are published in in those. Um, Different languages, but they're not uh, all, all those uh, different um, versions. Uh, they do not necessarily um, uh, print their own magazines uh, in mm. place. And so, make a long story short, you know, 
the balloons and the captions in those stories um, take a certain space in one language and more space in another language. Yeah. Um, and so uh, the different versions, they don't have the, the, the ability of, uh, uh, of doing balloon placement or shrinking and enlarging balloons. They just, you know, fill in the space with, uh, with type. And so I had to figure out, you know, a, a happy medium of, of balloons and captions to to work you know with the images so that it could uh, be published uh, uh, everywhere and um, that was an interesting challenge and uh, also I I gave me the chance to work uh, uh, with my uh, art partner uh, Eugenio Matozzi uh, on all those things and uh, you know it helped me develop the the uh, synergy with with him, you know, that it uh, still exists today. Awesome. Um, so, last question: Would you ever come to Australia for a like a, a comic convention? Yeah, I was invited uh, uh, for Supernova, um, but that was the time when uh, I couldn't come because yeah. of, of the cancer. Uh, yeah. and, uh, I, I would have, you know, loved to, uh, to come at the time, but it was impossible. Um, so, uh, I don't know if that invitation is still open. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, I'm, I would be more than happy, uh, even though, you know, I'm not as active on the Phantom these days as I used to. But uh, yeah. by all means, you know, I understand the food is good down there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, as you can tell, um, the three of us, uh, Stephen's fallen asleep, I think, but the three of us are not skinny people, and we all <laughs> like our food. So, yes, it's very That's good just, food yeah. down here. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, well, I think um, I, I'm yeah. sure it's an open invitation, Sal, any time that you'd be able to get down to Australia, you'd be more than welcome and, uh, and, and quite a popular figure at any gathering of, uh, of comic book geeks. Um, certainly for Black Panther, probably to be fair, like there's yeah. probably more, um, of a, of a broad following, I suppose, of that. But, uh, yeah, if you were to turn up in a place where fandom fans could access you, you would be mobbed, I suspect. One, uh, one thing yes. that uh, was really attractive to me as far as, uh, uh, coming to Australia is, uh, uh, the charity work that has been done for the Children's Hospital. Yes. Uh, yeah. Which uh, um, is one of the my motivating factors for uh, attending, you know, any convention. And uh, anytime there's a, an opportunity uh, to make a, a difference in that direction, you know, I've, um, I'm happy to do that. You know, after all, it's, if you think about it, you know, I'm just a, a person uh, sitting in uh, in a basement drawing stuff, and uh, you, you cannot not make much of a difference, you know, out there by sitting on a in a basement. So the, the, these things uh, uh, 
when when conventions do these kind of things um, make you they make you feel like uh, you know your life is not wasted after all. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, we thank you for your um, time tonight or today for you. Um, we thank you for uh, for everything you've done for the Phantom, um, from everything from drawing the stories to introducing uh, new artists to us as well and everything in between with what you do on social media. And, you know, you're not just an artist to the Phantom community. You're a lot more than just an artist. Um, an ambassador, I would think. Yeah, an ambassador is a, good, a very good word. Um, so, yeah, so on behalf of just a couple of regular uh, Phantom fans or geeks. Um, we thank you and we thank you for your time. Uh, we hope that our listeners have um, enjoyed uh, your time as well. So, um, yeah, for people, thank you. For people who may not already be following you on social media, Sal, and um, have heard this and you know are keen to see more of your work and all the rest of it, what's the best way for them to um, keep abreast of what you're doing? Uh, probably Facebook or you know, just just Google. As long as you can spell Beluto with two L's and one T, uh, <laughs> should be pretty easy. I'm sure I've been guilty of misspelling that a few times. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And I want to thank you guys for uh, this opportunity. This this is long overdue. And, uh, I'm, I'm glad we were able to do it. And uh, I do not take for granted in the least all the work that you do. And uh, I'm in awe uh, for the for the stuff, for the type of material that you produce, and you don't get paid for. Uh, so my hat uh, is a tip to you guys. Oh, thank you, sir. That's very kind thank of you. you. Thank you. All right. Well, you have a good one, guys. We yes, will. Thank do. you very much. And thank you again for everything. Okay. Bye bye. That finished really well. Yeah, so um, uh, for the listeners, uh, Stephen has fallen asleep. Uh, you probably did hear some uh, snoring in the background, <laughs> but to be fair to yeah. Stephen, it could have been my daughter because my daughter's actually right next to me and she it's not quite at Stephen's level, but she can snore as well. So uh... I, I think in, <laughs> Stephen will argue that his phone went flat. Uh, it, it, it was it was funny because we got the messages at one point. Oh, I've had to turn the video off because my phone's dying. Uh, it wasn't long after that that we heard the the gentle snoring. Um, then then he dropped out of the conversation. And 15 minutes later, he said, oh, sorry, guys, my, my phone's gone flat. 15 minutes later, it took him to know. <laughs> to know. So it is, it is quite late. We're, we're ticking towards 3 a.m. now, um, Australian Eastern Standard Time, and it's been uh, a huge week, big week back for teachers in uh, week one of the term. So um, I think Stephen can be forgiven. I hope he's not still in the passenger seat of the uh, Corolla or whatever it is. <laughs> Uh, I hope he is, and I hope he wakes up there boarding. <laughs> um, but no, a huge shout out to uh, Stephen for joining us again, uh, but especially for yeah. Sal. Um, uh, Absolutely. It, you know, a, a great guy, a great ambassador for the Phantom. Uh, ambassador is a great word. Um, when you talk to him about what he's done, when you listen to this, um, you know, he's not just 
a cover artist who's drawn a couple of covers and done a couple of stories. You know, he's done a lot more than that. And to be honest, I, you know, I knew a, a fair bit of it, but I did not know everything he said today, uh, tonight. And it was just like, wow, yeah, so, he has well, done just, a lot. As, as an exit, I guess, from the podcast, and it is, it has been a long one. And, um, it, oh, I was thinking at one point we'll chop it into two parts, but we probably won't. We'll probably just release it as one. And people can use the pause button. They, they absolutely can. Um, so as a, as a takeaway for you, Jim, what was, what was, um, something that jumped out at you that, that, that you're going to take away from this conversation with Sal that sort of, you may not have known before or you found a bit more detail out about or, um, probably the Herms press, probably the Herms press miniseries. Just, you know, like, you know, I knew it was a passion of love from everyone involved, but, I guess to get more of the story and, you know, we have heard some of the story from Dan and Sabrina on the last podcast that we did with them, which was, I believe was in the nineties. Um, but yeah. yeah, but you know, like learning, I guess more in the details of how that everyone took a hit. Everyone was suffering from, uh, you know, quite bad sicknesses. Significant yeah. sicknesses, and you know, I, I I guess it it can almost put it into perspective of just why we, you know, got those six issues over three years, um, yeah. and I guess the finished product when you read all six issues together, whether it's in the trade paperback or issue by issue, it actually still stands up as a good story. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, it absolutely does. It uh, it may not be for everyone's cup of tea, and you can sort of tell that it was a Tarzan that got turned into something else. And and it's interesting to hear the story about yeah. concerns about copyright and all that sort of stuff. Um, um, the extended way that it was written. I must admit, I missed a lot of that because I um, my daughter halfway through fell out was, of bed and yeah. had a nightmare, yeah. so um, I had to you know kind of uh, help out with that. Um, but I'm You'll looking be able to forward back. to it. I'm, I'm yeah. Not not sure if we'll timestamp it. Um, the daughter falling out of bed, but um, <laughs> <laughs> we can timestamp the snoring as well. Yeah, yeah, but you know, so, but I guess um, the point is, is that for me, I think, yeah. I, I think for me, it was the attention to detail, and it's mm. the absolute love of the character and the knowledge of the law that Sal brings to his work. And, and you you sort of alluded to it really early in the conversation when you said, oh, you loved how he'd put the chain of patience on the skull throne in mm. uh, his second ever Phantom and Cover. Um, the, you look at that um, movie-style poster for the, um, the Hermes Press comic series that he produced and the level of detail and um, amount of Phantom folklore and lore that, that is in that. Um, and then talking us through, I get the feeling he's gone in pixel by pixel with some of these pages mm. on that, you know, for those who came in late splash page and that sort of thing. He's just, um, uh, you, you can understand why, and, and he had a crack at himself a number of times for being slow, but, um, he's not a near enough, he's good enough. You, no, and you know me, Jim, I do love a good pedant, and uh, he is someone who is pedantic about his art and the way that he displays things, and uh, I, I truly respect and appreciate that. I 
not sure if that if you were giving me a chance to respond to that about you and your pedanticness or not, but I'll just let that one go through <laughs> to the yeah. keeper. Um, I believe there's been a, an artist recently who's um, who's experienced that just uh, your pedanticness. So we'll let that one go through the keeper. <laughs> um, but no, you, you're right. And what's interesting about the chain of patience, and this is something that I want to actually explore more, which you know, um, I fully believe that would most likely be the first time we have seen the chain of patience in a comic book since the movie and in, actually in a story or on a cover or something, probably since the actual original story. I do not reckon we have gotten a a comic or a story with the chain of patience in since that original story. And yes, we've we've had this chat online, and mm. I agree. Go and write that story. I'll let it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, a huge thanks to Sal. It was a it was a great chat. Um, yeah. So, uh, just for everyone who um, is listening, you probably would have heard the word Patreon a couple of times. Uh, one of the levels that we are, so we are a Patreon supported website or community. Basically, people give us a couple of dollars of their hard-earned <laughs> money, which helps fund everything we do. And that's from yeah, was- phone calls, websites, um, you know, putting up stuff for the Phantom Preservation Project and everything like that. And what we do as a thank you, one of those levels is that we contact our Patreons and give them the chance to ask their own questions on the podcast. And so that's why we mentioned uh Callum and Sean and, and a couple of others who are part of the Patreon. So we thank you for those people. Uh you can find everything that we do on our website which is chroniclechamber.com. Uh if you ever want to email us, you can contact us via chroniclechamber at gmail.com. Our social media links, Facebook, you just search for chroniclechamber.com and there are also admins of the Phantom Collector Group. You can find us on Twitter, which is at Chronicle Tweets, uh, Instagram, which is at Chronicle Chamber. And then if you just, if you've just come to us just recently because of sell or whatever, you can subscribe to us on iTunes or other apps if you're an Android user like Podbean, Player FM, Castbox, Listen Notes, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Dan, anything else you want to quickly say before we say goodbye to our lovely listeners? Oh, there's a whole bunch of things, but I'll have to save them for a comics and news because that's where it's far more relevant. So um, we'll talk to you about those things then. <laughs> no worries. Well, thank you for staying up with us, mate. Happy Phantoming. And until next time, happy Phantoming. Yeah, absolutely. Happy Phantoming, everybody. But you won't find the phantom He finds you Phantom